Welcome to Redemption's podcast. This is Corey Ball, lead pastor at Redemption Community Church, found in Kirkwood, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. Before we dive into the content, I want to invite you to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook to stay current on all things Redemption. You'll find both of these accounts by searching Redemption STL. But more than anything, we hope that this podcast will help inspire and challenge you to take your next steps in following Jesus. If you have any questions about God, Christianity, or redemption, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on our socials or text us at 314-391-4141. And now, without further ado, here is the content you are looking for. Enjoy. All right. Uh, well, anyway, we're starting a new series today, and I'm excited about this series. Uh, the series is called Battle Ready, and we're going to be looking through uh, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And Battle Ready is kind of this idea that, like, life is hard, right? Get a helmet, okay? Um, like, life is hard, life is tough. And so uh, because it's so tough, because it's so hard, we got to make sure that we are ready for the battle. And often the battle that comes to us is what? Well, Ephesians will tell us, as we're going to get to later on in the coming weeks, it's often not against flesh and blood, but it's against the darkness in the world around us, right? The rulers of evil and the spirit principalities of this world. And so throughout this series, we're going to be looking at um, this idea of being battle ready. And, uh, and, and, and then today we're going to, you know, jump into uh, week one. It's a six week series. Okay. Um, well, back before I worked here, back before I, I started Redemption, I was a student pastor at a church in town called The Journey. And I was at The Journey West County. And before I got hired there, they flew me in to look at apartment complexes to find a place to stay. Well, um, you know, as, as we try to save money as churches, like, like truly, we try to be as frugal as possible, and we try to, uh, you know, be great stewards of all of our money. And, um, and so when I, when I worked at The Journey, or before I did, um, they, they, they flew me in, but when they flew me in to look at the apartment complex, they were like, hey, what's the cheapest flight we can get? Well, it was the red eye, right? So it was 1130 at night is when I left. And I'm exhausted. By the way, I, I'm, I'm totally extroverted. I love talking to people. Like, you probably got an earful from me. I said hello, right, and, and, and just, you know, want to be your friend. But at the end of the day, when it comes to me riding on a plane, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to the people next to me. Some pastors, they, they think it's, like, you know, the way to, like, just sit there and tell people about the gospel next to them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to, you know, like, say a word to anybody. So I, I sit down, and it's, it's me. It's this woman next to me who's very loud. I'll tell you about her. She's really loud. And then there's a man in his, like, late 40s on the window okay I'm in the aisle and so I'm sitting there and uh, the, the first thing I do is I put airpods in and I try to go to sleep it's 11:30, like it's already past my bedtime okay so I sit down and I put my airpods in and, and and this lady like as people are walking down the aisle she's like hey welcome to the party we're so glad you're here and I'm like shut up what are you doing like it's 11:30. this is the red eye please just go to sleep somebody give her a I don't know like sedate her right okay like give her a melatonin so anyway so I'm sitting there and she's going nuts and driving me insane and, um, and so uh, I, I managed to fall asleep somehow. We land in St. Louis. As the wheels, you know, touch, it's like this abrupt, like, right? You know, like we're all like, you know, shaking awake, okay? Except for her, she was awake the entire time talking to this guy next to her. And, uh, and so before we took off, I made the mistake of telling her that I was a pastor. I was getting ready to go, um, you know, take this job. And, and I was just hired as a, as a pastor. So she called me preacher man, right? So we land, and she's, like, shaking me. I'm like, I'm already awake. Why are you touching me, okay? Like, this is pre-COVID and still. I'm like, do not touch me. Don't talk to me. I don't know what's going on here. So anyway, she's shaking me, and she's like, preacher man, preacher man. And I said, yes, 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 ma'am. And she goes, this guy's a rock star. And I was like, oh, cool. Good for him. That's awesome. You know, not impressed. I'm like, I just, I just, I'm, I'm really tired. But at this point, it's like 1 a.m. 
And, uh, and so she's like, he, he's a rock star. And I was like, oh, cool. So I do the polite thing. I reach forward. You know, I'm like, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, rock star, cool. Uh, so, like, are you in a band that I would have known or whatever? He's like, no, you, you would never have heard of us. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I was like, try me. Who, who are you with? And, and he's like, it's, it's a Christian band. And I'm like, well, I am a preacher man, right? So, like, I might know who you are and uh, who you are. And uh, he goes, well, you know, really, we're just on, like, a kind of a reunion tour. We played a lot back in, like, the, the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm thinking like, yeah, like right in the era that I would listen to all this, you know, type of music. And, um, and so I said, okay, well, try me. Who are you with? And he goes, uh, I'm the lead singer for a band called Five Iron Frenzy. And I was like, Reese Roper? And he goes, you know me? And I was like, yeah, dude. Now, here's where I went like terribly wrong. I go, I go yeah, I listened to you all the time growing up. And he was like, cool, thanks. <laughs> so uh, I kind of insulted him on accident. But, um, you know, so then what ended up happening was... Um, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm playing at a, a show here. It's called the Ready Room. It's somewhere in St. Louis. I was like, I don't know anything about St. Louis, so I, I couldn't tell you where that is um, at the time. And so uh, he goes, well, how about this? I'll leave two tickets at Will Call. And he's like, I would love for you to come to the show. And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. He goes, he goes when you're in the crowd, just like wave at me. And I was like, yeah, totally. And uh, so anyway, um, I get a photo with him, and then I go to the show. And um, I go to the front, or I go, I go to Will Call. I get the two tickets. And I was like, uh, it's uh, Corey Ball, um, two tickets. Reese Roper left them for us, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she was like, oh, yeah, Reese gave them to me earlier. I was like, oh, thanks. And so I get them, I go into the show, and uh, I'm like, you know, like the 12-year-old kid back here, like waving, you know. And, uh, and, and Reese looks at he's like, Corey. And I was like, yeah, I'm like the coolest person in the world right now. It's amazing, right? Because it, it felt so good to be chosen. I was chosen for that, right? He didn't have to choose me to give me tickets to invite me to his show. He could have said, well, sorry, you don't have tickets. Like, I don't even know, you know, like, whatever. But he chose me and he gave me the tickets. And here's the deal. There's nothing like being included. There's nothing like being chosen. And so we love when we, when we have this feeling that we've been chosen, we've been included. And this is the theme of Ephesians. This theme that from, from, from the first part of Ephesians, from chapter 1, that you have been chosen. That you've been chosen. That, that you've been included in, in the kingdom of God. Like, like you weren't included in your, your you know, big brother's, like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons game or whatever. You know, like, like we, whatever you, like, nerded out over as a kid. No, no, you're included in the kingdom of God. And, and so this is an incredible thing, and it's the theme of Ephesians. One time when I was, uh, uh, this is last year, 2021, this is 2022, yeah, 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 last year, uh, getting years mixed up. They go sequentially, so, like, you shouldn't get them mixed up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think I'm dyslexic or just stupid. So, anyway, 2021, um, I went to Napa Valley, and, uh, by the way, super overpriced. Not, you know, it's, it's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Really, really expensive. But before we got there, my friend, Ron, who he runs this, like, um, wine Instagram account, and uh, he was, hey, just so you know, um, I, I reached out to all of these wineries, and when we go there, um, they're going to comp a lot of the things that we that we do. And he goes, he goes. They said not only would they comp mine, but they would comp our entire party, everybody who's who's with me. And I was like, great, that's awesome. And like four or five of the places comped it, and like it wasn't cheap, like I said. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know, drinking wine, and I'm I'm eating uh, millennial charcuterie boards, right? Uh, millennial uh, uh, lunchables, right? Charcuterie boards. And um, and so, and, but I'm, but I'm sitting here thinking like, this is free. It's free? Like, it's, it's all free? This is incredible. And it was free not because of anything that I earned, but it was free because I knew Ron. Because of my buddy Ron, that's why. Because I knew somebody. It was free because I knew somebody. Well, um, 
Paul, he, he writes this book uh, in, of Ephesians, and, and, and the book, really, it talks about the spiritual blessings that we receive, not because of anything that you've done, not because of anything you've done, but because of who you know. It's all about who you know. And uh, it's, not, it's not if you know Ron. Ron can't get you into heaven, okay? Um, but it's all about if you know Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to jump in. And um, if, if you're, if you're uh, going to your physical Bible or a, or a digital Bible, Ephesians is in the New Testament. Um, you can say, uh, go eat popcorn. That's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It's kind of in that region, okay? If you need a little rhyme, all right? So we're going to Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. When we read this, um, uh, if you just read the chapter of Ephesians, then you would read what these spiritual blessings are. But what often happens when it comes to spiritual blessings uh, or as we, as we read these chapters, is that we kind of get lost in the language. So what I've done is, is I've just gone ahead and, and picked out the spiritual blessings that Paul lists off. And he lists this, that God loves us. He loved us. He, he chose us to be holy. He adopted us. He gave us grace. He's rich in kindness and grace for us. He's purchased our freedom. He showered his kindness upon us. He showered his wisdom upon us. And he showered his understanding for us upon us. And if you're in Christ, uh, those blessings are yours. All throughout scripture it says this. It says that we are in Christ. It says that with Christ. And then it says through Christ. You'll see this all throughout the New Testament, especially in Ephesians. In Christ, with Christ, through Christ. And so if you are with Christ, as Ephesians 1.3 says, because we are united with Christ, Ephesians 1.5 says, by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, there's this mantra of being in Christ, right? The spiritual blessings that Paul, are Paul is talking about are only for those who are in Christ. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we in Christ? Are you in Christ? And throughout this series, I want you to consider that question. Am I in Christ? And what does it look like for me to be in Christ? Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to break down four spiritual blessings that Paul talks about, specifically these four that are uh, from chapter 1. And I encourage you to go back and, and just t tonight, tomorrow, um, throughout the series, really dive into Ephesians, but like read chapter 1, really really dig into chapter 1 and, uh, and, and read the words uh, word for word of what I'm uh, reading. And, and by the way, I, I just, the other thing is, you know, if, if you read uh, the book of Ephesians, let's say you even took, you know, Sunday off, you could read the book every single week, okay, if you read a chapter a day. And then, um, this is a six-week series. I, I would encourage you to, to dive into Ephesians. If you're not reading anything right now, like dive into Ephesians and choose a different translation each week that you read, okay? So, so start with the New Living Translation. That's what we normally preach through uh, here. Um, it's pretty easy to understand. Start with that and then, and then maybe go to something like the NIV, uh, the New King James Version, okay, uh, the ESV, like jump around, uh, the message, okay, read some different versions and translations, um, but really dive in to, to Ephesians as we're going through this. I think you're going to get a lot out of this if you do that. So we're going to talk about four spiritual blessings that we receive. So number one, you are chosen. You are chosen. Again, this is the theme of Ephesians, that you're chosen. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, it says, even before he, being God, he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ 
to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us, into, or bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. I love that. I love that line. It's what he wanted to do. He didn't have to. It's what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I love this. We, I don't think we fully understand this because what we want to believe is like, wait, no, no. On the day that I got saved, on the day that I chose to follow Jesus, I chose God. But Scripture's kind of saying something a little different here, and I just want us to war with it for a second. Okay, so let's, let's read it in the ESV, those same verses. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, by the way, love that language, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. This means that there's something more that's happening here. It means that even though uh, there's a, there is this truth that we very much so choose to follow God, there is something in this language that we cannot escape. That even, even if we chose to follow God, there is something in him that chose us. How does that dance, right? Like, uh, who's leading that dance? Who's following, okay? Um, how's it going? Like, is it a break dance? Is it the waltz? I don't know. But there's a dance here that we don't fully understand, and you never will. And that's okay. I, I, I learned a long time ago, there are certain things in Christianity, there are certain things in the Bible that I know to be true, and I'm also confused by them. There's something here that we do choose God, and God does choose us. And what comes first, chicken or the egg? See, people have been in this theological dance and questions for, for years. Very faithful men and women have been discussing this for, for generations. What that means is you're not smart enough to figure it out. I, I, would, I would encourage you to, to, to study it. Um, I would encourage you to talk about it. I would also encourage you to not let it get in between you and someone else who doesn't believe the same as you. That's okay. Um, at, at Redemption, we, we, we talk about this circle and uh, it's actually three circles. It's a target. In the middle is die, the things that we would die for. The second circle are the things that we would defend. And the third circle are the things that we would discuss. This is something we'll just discuss. I'm not even going to defend it. And the reason that we're not going to defend if we choose God or God chooses us or both in some weird way is because we just don't know. And it's not a cop-out to say God is God and we are not. It's spiritual maturity. It's spiritual maturity to say, at the end of the day, I will never understand this, but God is so good, and I know this, that, that no matter what, I am chosen. Who did the choosing and how did it work out? We'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure that form, formula out later, okay? But, but I'm so excited that I'm, I'm, I'm in Christ, okay? Uh, it's not, it's not um, a cop-out. It's spiritual maturity at some point to just rest in God. So... Um, you are chosen. And, and, and hear me, I, I don't know if, um, sometimes, sometimes life can be hard when we don't feel chosen. Because there's moments in your life, and maybe it started, you know, on the diamond when you weren't chosen for kickball, okay? Uh, maybe the complex started a long time ago. 
But, but these moments when we're not chosen, it's hard. It's hard when we're not chosen uh, in kickball. It's hard uh, when we're not chosen uh, to, to date. It's hard when we're not chosen to, to marry. It's hard when we're not chosen in a career or a job. But h- however that goes in your life, Christ has chosen you. He's picked you. If you are in Christ, the spiritual blessing we receive is that we are chosen. Number two, you are valued. You're valued. We live in a world of, of um, inverted value. Um, today, uh, a, a YouTuber, uh, a meme creator or curator, um, and uh, you know people of, of, of those natures, a video gamer, okay, things like that, um, they can make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. I think Ninja's making millions playing Fortnite, like killing 12-year-olds you know, in, the, in the game. Um, and uh, it's crazy like how much he gets paid to like beat up on other people online. Um, if you don't know who Ninja is or Fortnite is, I don't know. Read the internet, I don't know. Uh, but it's crazy. But teachers, like a middle school teacher might never break $75,000 as a salary. But they're the ones that are building the future of our, of our generation, the minds of our generation. And we live in this weird inverted value system sometimes, right? But even though that's true today, uh, those who are in Christ, you are valued. Ephesians 1, 7 says this. It says, in him, again, those who are in Christ, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, to redeem. What does it mean to redeem? It means this, to compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something or gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. See, to redeem has two meanings. Let's leave those up here. To redeem has two meanings. To compensate for the faults or bad aspects of something. Christ redeemed your bad aspects. He redeemed your bad faults. He he forgave them. He, he He brought redemption to them. He redeemed them. If you are in Christ, he's compensated for the faults or the bad aspects of something, and that something is you. Okay, number two, uh, to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. See, here's the thing. When we sinned, and we all have, when we sinned, we were lost. Christ didn't have possession of us any longer. And so he gained or he regained possession of us. If we are in Christ, when he redeemed us, he regained possession of us. This is the gospel. And listen, despite what your boss might say, despite what your spouse might say, despite what your kids might say, despite what your coworkers might say, despite what you would say to yourself in the mirror, because <laughs> come on, like that's the one that gives us the harshest words, right? Despite that, you are valued if you are in Christ. Number three, you are loved. Ephesians 1.4 says this, that even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us. He loved you. Loved us. But does God know us? Does God know the, 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 the subflooring of our hearts, that it's, it's covered in mold and mildew? A couple weeks ago we had rain, right? I carpeted floors in my basement. Had some, like, water come up. And, uh, you know, I, I shampooed it and I did all the things, but, like, I just always think, I'm like, man, maybe there's, like, mold underneath there. I don't know. I should probably get tested. Um, but, 
So I don't know why I got, just think about the subflooring of our hearts being mold and mildew. And I was like, yeah, I should probably get my floors tested. Okay, but does he know about the dirty, moldy floors in our hearts? Does he know about the deteriorating walls that are falling apart in our hearts? Does he know about all that? Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says this. It says, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with what the blood of his son he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us. He showered his kindness on us. In spite of this, he showered his kindness on us who are in Christ in spite of knowing all the broken pieces of who we are. He knows that you're dirty and nasty and broken. He knows that you have, you, you're not all put together and, and, and that there's parts of your, of your heart that you just want renovated. And he wants to come in and renovate your life. He wants to, but in spite of knowing that you're not a, a like, you know, you're a sold as is, right? Like, you're, you're, hey, come come purchase, Jesus, purchase my heart, but purchase me as is. He's not going to leave you as you are, and that's the beauty of the gospel. When I was a kid, I would go to grandma's house, and, and grandma's amazing. Everybody loves grandma, right? If you don't have a good grandma or you don't have grandmas that are alive, I'm so sorry. I am because, like, man, grandmas are so cool. I go to grandma's house, and, you know, as a kid, and, and she would always uh, have, have all the snacks that I wanted, right? Like, like all the chocolate, okay, all the puddings, uh, snack packs. They were, like, my best friend. I come back with, like, two of them. Grandma's like, oh, you're going to get some snack packs? Yeah, I'm just eating snack packs. Just eating pudding, grandma. Thanks for the pudding. Uh, butterscotch, my favorite, by the way. Birthday's coming up, okay, November 3rd. You want to get some butterscotch puddings? Let me know. And, uh, and so grandma, she's always, like, getting me good stuff, crunchy snacks, all the pop I wanted, by the way, from Ohio, right? Okay, so soda, pop, whatever. Like, any, anything that I wanted, and then as I would leave, she would, she would, uh, you know, walk, uh, walk out of, of the, the sitting room, whatever, and kind of around the corner, grandpa would stay seated, seated in his chair, because he was watching the Browns or something, right, and so grandma would walk out, and she would, she would take cash out, and she'd slide it to me, she'd go, and here's a little bit of spending money, don't you tell your grandpa, <laughs> And I'm like, thank you, Grandma. <laughs> and uh, and so she she always kept a little little money in my pocket. And as I as as I got older and I went to college, she goes, hey, here's here's some spending money, and here's some gas money, right? And all of a sudden, that you know, twenty or thirty bucks became like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. And, and you know, still, like I'm 34 years old, and Grandma followed me out. Uh, I was in Ohio and uh, hung out with hung out with Mom and Dad and Grandma and Grandpa. Went to the county fair, saw all the pigs and horses and all these things. Uh, and, uh, and so as I was leaving Grandma's house, she followed me out there. She goes, now here's some spending money, okay? I said, thank you, Grandma. <laughs> but why did my grandmother, why was she so good to me? Is it because I was good? No way! <laughs> I, I, I was more rotten than that apple that's on your shelf that's been there for four weeks and you, like, refuse to throw it away because uh, one day I might eat it. You're not going to eat it, okay? It's literally leaking on the shelf. Just throw it away. You're a hoarder. So it, it, I was more rotten than that apple. It wasn't because I was good. It was because my grandmother was good. It wasn't because I had anything good in me. Until I was 13 years old and I started following Jesus, I wasn't good. I was a rotten, dirty kid. But my grandma, she, in spite of all that, she, she believed the best in me. She saw the best in me. She loved me. And she showered her kindness and blessing upon me. Tim Keller says this. He says, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared 
believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I'm going to step aside. You can take out your camera and take your camera, boomer moment. You can take out your phone, open up your camera, and take a photo of that. The gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. I love that he, I don't know if he, I don't know if he decided to use this language this way, but in ourselves. He's not saying in Christ, but in ourselves. I love that it's juxtaposed with what scripture gives us. When we're in Christ, we have one identity. When we're not in Christ, we have another identity. The gospel is this, that we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves that we ever dared believe, yet at the same time, the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. He continues in his book, The Meaning on Marriage, he continues by saying this. He says, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense. It humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and it fortifies us for any difficulty that life can throw at us. You are loved if you're in Christ. Number four, uh, you are forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7, it says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Ephesians 1.4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. In Christ, we receive the spiritual blessing of forgiveness. We are forgiven for our sins. And furthermore, um, God, he, he, before he ever made the world, he chose us to be without fault in his eyes. We are forgiven and chosen to be holy. But let's be honest. Do we feel that way? Do you feel that you've been chosen to be holy and that you are holy? Do you feel that you have been forgiven from your past sins and, you, and your future sins? And, and you are in fact forgiven. Do you feel that way? My bet would, would be no. And you know, I, I think, I love that the, the Bible says in Christ, but I, if, if we're honest, I think more often than not, we feel like we're in Satan. <laughs> the way that our hearts can go sometimes. At best, I feel like I'm in Corey, right? Uh, Tim, Tim Keller says, in ourselves, right? In, in the flesh of who we are. That's what we feel like more than we feel like we're in Christ. And um, it's really hard because Scripture says one thing, but we feel something else. And I'm, I'm going to borrow a phrase from the conservative political field. And uh, we don't get political here, but this is a great saying, I think, that is, is used more so in the conservative political field. You guys know where I'm going to go with this, a lot of you. Um, and it's not always true, but I think it's true here. Facts don't care about your feelings. They just don't. If it's factually true, it's just true. Facts don't care about your feelings. See, Scripture says that we are forgiven and we're chosen to be holy and blameless without fault in His eyes. And if God says it, it's true. That's it. And so we are forgiven. You are forgiven. That's it. You are a new creation in Christ. You're a new creation. Scripture is so clear that those of us who are in Christ, that we're different, that we're a new creation. But we don't always feel that way. 
And I think there are two main reasons that we don't feel that way. Number one is this, that we're living a separated married life with Christ. Scripture talks about um, us, uh, our relationship with Christ, okay, Christ as the groom and the church as the bride. Uh, this past uh, weekend, uh, I was a part of a wedding. Um, Pam and, and Jerry got married, uh, Pam, and, uh, Pam Holly and Jerry Schmidt. And some of you were at that. That was awesome. Um, but at the same time, there was another wedding going on. That was Todd Nixon's daughter's wedding, uh, Morgan Nixon. And so I got to marry her and Austin Jones. So she's now Morgan Jones. And it was a great celebration. Um, but, but here, th- think about this with me for a second. If, um, if Austin and, and Morgan, if they went through the premarital counseling, they dated for a while, they got engaged, went through premarital counseling, they, they, they got the whole um, certificate. We signed that whole thing, right? Uh, signed it a day early, early, shh, don't tell anybody, okay, uh, signed it a day early, but we signed it, and uh, we went through the whole ceremony, we went through the whole, like, you know, dance party on the, on the dance floor, we cut the cake, you know, they ate the food, all this stuff, okay, and then they just, they just parted, like, he went one way, she went another way, and they're married, like, okay, they're married, but, like, they never, they never say hello to each other again, they live completely separated from the day of their wedding, okay, in 20 years, in 10 years, in five years even, how well would Morgan and Austin know one another? They wouldn't. They, they, they became two separate people. They're living two separate lives. And the problem is that as Christians, many of us were living a, a separated married life from Christ. That we went through the motions of what it takes to, to be married. That we, we, we know who Christ is. We, we, we follow him. We believe in our heart who he is. And yet we've lived completely separated from him ever since that decision. And so if you're separated from Christ, if you've, if you've professed faith in Christ, but you've been separated from him for years, come back to him. Like today, come back to him today. Decide, you know what, God, I, I'm tired of trying to figure it out for myself. Like, how's that working out for you? It's not, I'll tell you. <laughs> if you don't want to admit it, it's not working out. So what does it look like to, to come back to Christ? Number two is this, that we aren't prioritizing our newly married life. Um, again, yesterday I officiated that wedding, and um, it was awesome. And one of the, one of the things I said in there, uh, I say this in every wedding that I officiate. I said it in Justin's wedding when I officiated his wedding and uh, when he and, and, and Marissa got married. Um, I said, Austin and Morgan, as you enter into this covenant, you must put behind you the things of the past. Friends and things must now come second to your love for each other. For today, a new family is being made and a new desire is being formed. When we decide to follow Christ, a new family is being made. You're entering into the family of God. A new desire is being formed. And everything that was before Christ has to come second to this, to the commandment of us to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself and to make disciples. This is what it means to follow Christ. And so all of that, anything else other than that has to come second. And for so many of us, we're taking the things of our, our life that we enjoy, the things of the world, um, and we're putting those things in front of Christ. And so if you're not feeling forgiven, if you're feeling like, man, I just don't feel holy, I just don't feel forgiven, I just don't feel in sync with Christ, um, I feel like we're roommates. I feel like reprioritize your life. Make it about Christ first. And again, if you haven't gone all in, why not? Why not today? 
Ephesians 1 says that you are blessed. But here's the deal. You are blessed to bless others. That's why you were blessed. That's why you have these spiritual blessings, for God's glory and for you then to bless others. And you can't bestow these blessings on others. You, you just can't do that because you're not Christ. But what you can do is you can share with others those spiritual blessings. Um, you know, like I said, I was in Ohio this past week, and, and I have this um, now that my grandparents don't work, and they're, they're both alive on, on my mom's side. My father's side has passed away. But, but my, um, my grandparents on my, on my mother's side, we have this routine where every single mor- morning, um, I, I wake up and I call them and uh, we act as if it's like not going to happen. It's a weird thing. I don't know. It's like, you know, you, in these like family, like uh, these family, like tradi- not even traditions. I don't know, these ruts. And you're like, why does our family do it like that? I don't know. It's because you're weird. We're weird. We're all weird. We just do these things. Okay. We know we're going to breakfast together every morning. We know it. Okay. But I call up, I call up grandma and she goes, hello. And I say, hey, grandma, how are you doing? Good. And, and, uh, and you sleep well? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, you want to go to breakfast this morning? Of course we're going to breakfast. We always go to breakfast, you know. And, uh, and I go, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, what are you thinking? It's always the Green Leaf. It's the same restaurant called the Green Leaf. It's never anything different. And my grandma goes, Green Leaf? Yeah, 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 Green Leaf. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, let's go to the Green Leaf. So we go to the Green Leaf, and we always get the same thing. We get hash browns, bacon, two eggs, and rye toast and black coffee. That's it. Yeah, we'll make it three. Okay, make it three. Okay, okay. Like, it's the craziest thing. I'm like, what? You know, I'm I'm like, you know, uh, Groundhog Day or something. Okay. So then, but here's the thing. There's a wrench in the system. On Thursdays, my grandma goes gets her hair did, okay? And so, uh, so she, you know, she does this, like, whole thing where they put curls in and stuff. She's got to pick it out, whatever. And, uh, you know, she's like 70. You know, she's got, she, she didn't want to do her hair. So uh, on Thursdays, grandma can't go. Well, when the matriarch doesn't want to go or she can't go, uh, the patriarch over here, he gets kind of lazy. So I'm like, hey, Gramps, you and I, we're going to breakfast. And he was like, oh, yeah? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. And he goes, well, okay, I guess I'll be fine. Yeah, he, he don't want to go because she's not going, right? They're tied at the hip. So um, anyway, so uh, I go to his house. I pick him up. He probably shouldn't be driving. He doesn't have the greatest size these days. And we go to breakfast. We're sitting there. We, you know, same thing, right? Two eggs, bacon, hash browns, okay, toast, coffee, right? We're sitting there talking, and we're talking about being blessed. And he goes, you know what? For a good old country boy like myself, I'm just so blessed. My grandpa didn't have a lot growing up. Um, he worked at a factory his whole life. He, he, he busted his butt. Uh, to just to just make ends meet, but he goes, you know, I never went without, and I'm just so blessed. He's he's 67 years old, I think, 68 years old, and, he, and he's he's so incredibly blessed. And this is what he says to me. He says this. He says, if you can tell others about your blessings, and let them know how to be blessed too, why wouldn't you? He wasn't talking about. He's a Christian, but he wasn't talking about these spiritual blessings. But it stuck with me. I knew I was preaching on this week. If you can tell others about your spiritual blessings and how they can be blessed too, why wouldn't you? I love that he said that. And, and, and so why wouldn't we? Yesterday at the, at the wedding um, that I was at, I was talking to Diane Nixon's father. A delightful gentleman, by the way. He's incredible. Um, and her mom's amazing. They're just sweet people. And, um, and so Joe is her father. And I was talking to Joe. And, and Joe, Joe said to me, he goes, you know, I don't have much time left on this earth. Uh, he said, um, he goes, but I just really want the church to work together. He's Catholic, and he goes, I think the Catholic church should be working with the Baptists. And I was like, amen, brother, let's go. And uh, he's like, I think the Baptists should be working with the Methodists. Amen, let's go. I think Methodists need to be working with Presbyterians. Hallelujah. And I'm just so excited talking to Joe. And Joe says this, this is so wise. He said, he said, you know, Yadier Molina, 
yeah, man. He goes, you know, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't squat, he doesn't sit behind home plate with two catcher's mitts. Do you know that? I said, yeah, I know that. And he goes, you know why? And I said, uh, well, I don't know. He goes, let me tell you this. We have a lot of people in our world today that they think what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. And they're living life with two catcher's mitts, and they're just receiving, but they'll never throw it back. He goes, the reason that Yachty doesn't have two catcher's mitts is because he's in the game. He's not just receiving. And he said, when you're playing in the game, not only do you receive, but you have to give back. And, and again, he, he, he wasn't talking about these spiritual blessings. But you have received enormous blessings from God. Why wouldn't you throw it back? Why wouldn't you, from, from behind home plate, throw it back? Why would you be in the game? So if you're not in the game, why aren't you in the game? As we finish, going back to my story about Reese Roper from Five Iron Frenzy. Um, have you ever stopped and, and looked up the definition for will call? <laughs> of course you haven't. You're not weird. Um, but I did. I looked it up, and, and this is what it is. It's relating to or denoting a place, typically a ticket window or office, where items that have been what? Paid for in advance can be picked up. Paid for in advance. This is what Ephesians is about. That if you are in Christ, you have been paid for with the blood of Jesus. How priceless is that? How invaluable you are. You've been paid for in advance. And what is will call? Will call is what Joe was talking about yesterday. He said, I don't have much time left on this earth. What he wasn't saying, but what, what he was saying was, and one day I'm going to be in front of will call. And if I'm in Christ, I'm going to receive the inheritance in Christ that was paid for for me on my behalf in advance. I'm the VIP. I get the backstage pass. I get the entrance. And the, and the interesting thing about being the VIP is that you're not the VIP. If you've ever received a VIP or a backstage pass, I, I'm going to uh, Matt Jordan's concert November 12th. I get tickets, and I bought the VIP pass. There's like a dinner with him and all this stuff. I can get dinner with him anytime, so I don't care that much about that. But I just want to support him. Love the guy. And I have this VIP pass. The thing about the VIP pass is it's not about me. I'm the VIP, right? But why am I there? Because I get to be with the real VIP, right? Like I, I get to be with the real talent. I get to be with the, 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 the real one that really matters. The VIPs aren't there to be VIPs by themselves. They're not there to hang out with each other. They're there to see him. And when we go to Will Call at the end of our lives, you're going to receive a backstage pass, a VIP pass, if you are in Christ, to not be the VIP, but to be with him, to be with Christ. So this is what I want to do. If, if, if you've been hearing about Christ, you've been hearing about the spiritual blessings of being in Christ, you believe that Christ is better, you believe that you don't have it all figured out, you believe that your heart is deteriorated or deteriorate, deteriorating, and... Um, and you're going, wait, there's somebody who will love me as I am, but not leave me as I am? They'll, they'll make me better? Yeah, 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 totally. If you've never placed your faith in Christ, I, I want to help you do that today. So everybody bow your heads. And if, if that's who you are, um, I want you to just, just pray with me.
to yourself these words. Jesus, I believe that you chose me. I believe that you value me. I believe that you love me. And I believe that I am forgiven for all my sins. I want to leave the things of the past and I want to live for you and with you. Not separated, but together forever. God, I ask you to save me. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, everybody look up here. Listen, if you prayed that for the first time today, what I want to do is is I'm going to be out here afterwards. I just want you to come say hello. Let me know that that was something you prayed today. We want to help you follow Jesus. We want to help you walk into these spiritual blessings that he's offered you in him.